Welcome to the Irish Writers Podcast. We're three aspiring writers who are looking for our path towards publication. I'm Maura and I'm writing an action comedy screenplay. And I'm here with Cathy. I'm Cathy and I'm writing a rom-com crime novel. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of thing. Kind of thing. Something about that. (laughs) And Kate. I'm Kate and I am writing a fantasy fiction novel. Okay. Um, Today we're going to talk about great opening lines and opening scenes. Um, who wants to kick us off? I did loads of homework. Can I go first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah, because this is something that I was like uh, puzzled by or, or it was bothering me. So I read a thing where um, the opening should basically set up your book and mm-hmm. your characters straight off. You know, so you're yeah. you're right in, and you know exactly who you're talking about, and and what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And I have picked out uh, various different authors. I think do this to various different degrees. So I've got Raymond Chandler, I've got Dorothy Sawyers, I've got Arthur Conan Doyle, I've got Terry Pratchett, obviously. I've got mm-hmm. Stephen Fry, I've got P.D. James, and wow. <laughs> I thought I had somebody else. She did all her homework. And Agatha Christie, yes. Yeah. So I got I got my I got my favorites right. So um, I thought I might uh, start with Agatha Christie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and everybody keep an eye on time to make sure I don't ramble on too far. Um, we so never do that. No. <laughs> that never happens. No. Okay. So I think Agatha Christie did this um, sometimes well, sometimes not. Right. So just for anybody in case they don't know, Agatha Christie she writes um, crime novels, and they're set in England, usually in the aristocracy or um, you know well-to-do sort of families. Um, so she had one where it was uh, a Sitford mystery is the name of it and uh, her opening line was Major Burnaby drew on his gum boots buttoned his overcoat collar around his neck took from the shelf near the door a hurricane lantern and cautiously opened the front door of his little bungalow and peered out so well, that was good yeah, yeah. That, that, that thumbs up yeah. yeah absolutely so we know it's kind of nice we know there's wintry weather outside we know Major he's you know well to do but living in a bungalow you know mm-hmm. probably down the country somewhere you know that that was relatively successful right then she had another one where uh, murder is easy and it's England England after many years how was he going to like it Luke Fitzwilliam asked himself that question as he walked down the gangway plank to the dock I would have closed the book. <laughs> I was like, no, it's really boring. What do you think? Yeah, it's hard to tell. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about this too and, and thinking my favourite books and how they open. Some of them do that kind of textbook, like, yeah, you know exactly yeah. who it is, what the setting is, and the conflict. Yeah. You know. Straight off. And then there's another that you're just kind of like, it's creating this kind of world. It's setting up the world. I I have another Agatha Christie one here, right? Which is Murder on the Orient Express. And I'm going to read the first two sentences. Mm -hmm. Or three, actually. It was five o'clock on a winter's morning in Syria. Along the platform at Aleppo stood a train grandly designated in railway guides as the Taurus Express. It consisted of a kitchen and dining car, a sleeping car and two local coaches. Yeah, I'm like Snooze Fest. And that's, that's like one of the best books ever. Like Snooze, you know, like, no. And like, the, uh, I read somewhere else where basically you don't start with the time, don't start with the fact that it's raining because it's always raining. <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, there were some like, you know, real classic don'ts. Nobody cares, you know. Right. Um, 
Can I give you a really good one? This is my life. I want to give you a really good one too. Okay, okay you go. I'll let you go first. Okay. It was the best of times. No, it was the worst of times. I think that's a terrible opening. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. No. (laughs) Stop. Oh, my God. Stop. No. It was the winter of despair. It's not even halfway through. (laughs) No. You're like, what? Like, what is this? We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We are all going direct to heaven. Oh, my God. And gone back to the tragedy. The tragedy of the podcast is they can't see Kate is grandstanding with gestures and Kathy has her head in her hands. (laughs) I'm like, please stop it. My God. Like, I'm straight back at English school trying to chew my own book. No. Charles Dickens' tale. Like, do you think if you read that currently, you'd be like, "This is pretentious twaddle." (laughs) Absolutely, I would never. I would never buy that book. Never. I'm going to give you a really good one. Okay. Really classic one. Right. So this is one sentence. No one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century that this world was being watched keenly and closely by intelligences greater than man's, and yet as mortal as his own. That as men busy themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinised and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinise the transient creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. It's going to be about aliens. Oh yeah, it's yes. War of the Worlds. It's War of the Worlds. Okay, that's good. That's good. And actually, okay, so it does set it up, right? It so does, and it's ahead of the plot because the plot is about bacteria and right, okay, yeah. taking down the aliens. It, it's setting. I, I yeah, that, ticks all the boxes. It it's does. interesting. It sets it up, and yeah. Although we don't know about the character, that's the only thing. No, no, uh, and I, no, I'm going to okay. give you that. I mean, it, it will probably go <coughs> to be to be like Mars teams. I'm just going to give you the start of the Martian as well, which okay. I quite like. Just yeah. kind of, this is good. I'm pretty much fucked. <laughs> that's my considered opinion. Fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm dying to read that book. It's, it's on my really, list. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to read it before I go see the movie. I, that's like putting real time pressure on it because the movie's going out of cinema. But once you start reading it, you'll fly to it. Cool. cool. Oh yeah. Whisper. <laughs> it's a German word. That'll be no help to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So can I go and give you another example of an author then? Yeah. So I have yeah. Raymond Chandler here. Okay. And I actually think he does this. Uh, I think he does it kind of well. Okay. Right. So he's got the first one. The Big Sleep, okay? It was about 11 o'clock in the morning, mid-October, with the sun not shining and the look of hard, wet rain on the clear, on the clear, in the clearness of the foothills. I was wearing my powder blue suit with the dark blue shirt, tied, right, right, so dot, dot, dot. He goes on to explain his suit for an awful long time. Oh, my right? God. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets to this really good line. He goes, I was everything the well-dressed private detective should be. I was calling on $4 million. So I feel like that sets it up. Yeah, yeah. But at the start of it, I was like, cut. <laughs> and with my big red pen, I was like, slice it. So I want to... But he gets better. Okay, oh, wait, 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 wait. So he gets, he gets better, right? Okay, so we have um, Farewell, My Lovely. Um, it was one of the mixed blocks over the Central Avenue, the blocks that were not yet all Negro. I had just come out of a three-chair barber shop where an agency thought a relief barber named Dietrich Aldris might be working. So again, slightly, well, obviously racist, um, but of its day, I guess. Um, But I think it sets it up because um, he kind of sets up that he's a private detective Mm -hmm. uh, working, you know, in a city um, and that he's working on tips. So he's doing it like as a job rather than like an amateur sleuth. Hmm. Yeah. And I have one more. 
Okay. One more. He gets better with time, right? Third one <laughs> is his charm, okay? The long goodbye. So, the first time I laid eyes on Terry Lennox, he was drunk in a Rolls Royce silver wraith outside the terrace of the dancers. Simple and to the point. Yeah, I like so, that one. And yeah. intriguing. That's yes. curiosity. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, again, he's watching somebody. Um, they're obviously somebody with money um, mm-hmm. doing something they shouldn't be. Yeah. I feel like the dancers, dancers is a, yeah. I feel like it's a burlesque club yeah. <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. So there, I think various degrees. So I'm yeah. like, you know, I feel like he got better. As his... oh, I'm going to go with talking. And I, um, okay. So start at Lord of the Rings. And I think this is... Oh, wait, I have two more Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I actually think this is a bad opening line. Okay. When Mr. Bilbo Baggins of Bag Ends announced that he would shortly be celebrating his 111st birthday with a party of special magnificence, there was much talk and excitement in Hobbiton. Now, that is not anything like the like, book. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's intriguing that he was uh, celebrating his 11th first. Yeah, that's like... But, yeah, but, no. I, I mean, I really like the way they started the film, where you have the blank screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The world has changed. I feel yes. the water. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, that is like... Oh, oh, like, that is like... Yeah. Straight so, on. Yeah. So that is like... You know, this okay. is like we're having a little birthday party. This is like <laughs> so Enid Blyton and the <laughs> Faraway Tree. <laughs> so this you know? is like we have like a million pages about a birthday party. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, wow, it's going to be an amazing. <laughs> Everything will be described in a mute detail. <laughs> so Peter Jackson did a better job. Right, opening scene. Well, yeah, I, I, I would argue so. that Tolkien is writing several different books, and he doesn't yeah. know what he's writing all the way through. He changes his mind a lot, and certainly, yeah. well, yeah, the birthday party's opener. Well, but he plus, did write. Plus, sorry, gone. It was the Hobbit. Yeah. First. Yeah. And so let me read. Okay, yeah. Okay, oh, Jesus, okay. The Hobbit, I hate this book so much. Well, I'm going to read. The first and yet book. you <laughs> like the movies, you weirdo. I love the movies. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down or to eat. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. So that kind of sets up the tone for the book, and it's very it lighthearted. Yeah. That it's going to be incredibly boring. No, <laughs> he's describing a hole. Oh my god! He's describing a birthday party. You can see when he starts yeah. um, the Lord of the Rings. He's like he, he's writing the Hobbit. He's, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean he has the idea in his head, and there is yeah. some very profound oh. themes in this book. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not arguing he's a bad writer. I'm just arguing that no, maybe no, no. his openings could have had yeah. some work. <laughs> Okay, I have another one. Yeah. Right. Dorothy Sawyer's um, Strong Poison was this one. Uh, there were crimson roses on the bench. They looked like splashes of blood. Hmm. thought that was a great opening. Yeah, yeah Straight good. to the point. The, in the scene, she is um, being uh, put on trial for murder. Mm-hmm. The bench she's talking about is the... the bench, the, yeah. I don't know what you call it, in the jury room, in a courtroom, the bench, it's still called the bench, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, yep. yeah, and yeah. so there's just like roses and death is on our mind and stuff like mm. that, right? Mm. So I thought that was good, right? Mm. In contrast. Um, in the Teeth of Evidence is another book. Well, old son, said Mr. Lomplough, what can we do for you today? Oh, some of your whiz-bang business, I suppose. Terrible. Your favorite. I love her as a writer, yeah, but yeah. I'm like, jeez, like only that I knew that it was going to be a good book later on. So I keep going, <laughs> and you're like, cut. No, jeez. Awful. I'm going to read from one of my favorite books. Okay. And you're going to hate this one, Kathy. 
<laughs> What's the book? Name the book first. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> Yet. In 1815, Monsieur Charles Francois Bienvenu Myriel was Bishop of Dean. He was then about 75 and had presided over the Diocese of Dean since 1806. Is that a history book? Uh, yeah, it's very dry, isn't it? You're Is like, this uh, Victor Hugo? It's Victor Hugo. <laughs> Les Mis, Les Mis Oh, really? Nah, I'm oh, not it's, mad about that either. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah, it's I a bit know. dry, though. What do you think of it as an opening? You know, as an opening. Yeah, stand back from it. Does it set up the plot? Does it set up the scene? Does it? Does it, it is. Does he it... is the catalyst that okay. makes that starts everything. But does it draw you in? Uh, yeah. 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 It does. Okay. Okay. It does because I wouldn't argue that strongly against it. Mm. I agree it's dry, but I do like but to I hear mean, about people. You, you skip over the first sentence anyway. Yeah. I don't, well, no, partly this, this is what drags you in. Either you're the good second, to go or not. Yeah. Yeah. The second paragraph is, although it in no way concerns our story, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it might be worthwhile, <laughs> if only for the sake of accuracy, to mention the rumors and gossip about him. Oh, no, no, no. If it's so, not relevant to the story, no. So, oh, I'm, no, but it is. I'm gonna it give is you, I know you have lots of passionate ones, but yeah. I've got, here, which is my favorite book. So I'm skipping. There's a little prologue. So I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm just gonna. This is so. This is the start of Thud. <clears throat> Thud. That was the sound the heavy club made as it connected with the head. The body jerked and slumped back, and it was done, unheard, unseen. The perfect end, a perfect solution, a perfect story. But as the dwarves say, where there is trouble, you will find a troll. The troll saw. I love that. <laughs> and I have, do you know, yeah, Tud's not my favourite book. Yeah, well, you're wrong, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what I, do you know what I, do you know why Tud's not my favourite book? It's because it's not funny. And the reason I like Terry Pratchett is because I think he's very funny. So can I give you another example? Yeah. Okay. So, from the Reaper Man. The Morris dance is done, sorry, the Morris dance is common to all inhabited worlds in the multiverse. It is danced under the blue skies to celebrate the quickening of the soil and under the bare stars because it's springtime and with any luck the carbon dioxide will unfreeze again. The imperative is felt by the deep, blue, by the deep sea beings who have never seen the sun and by urban humans whose only connection with the cycles of nature is that their Volvo once ran over a sheep. <laughs> Funny, <laughs> funny. You're like, you know, because so, actually, I, I would argue that this does set up that book. Yeah, yeah. Because it sets it up that in, inhabited worlds, so he's mm -hmm, a bit yeah. fantasy. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit funny, and the Reaper Man is some ways to do with the changing of the nature yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have another example of Small yeah. Gods. Small Gods is my all time favourite book, but the opening. Now consider the tortoise and the eagle. The tortoise is a grand, ground living creature. It is impossible to live near the ground without being under it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't the world sit on top of it? No, but this isn't. This is not to do. Yeah, no, yeah, this okay. is to do with. So this is like I, I give it a five out of ten. Even though Small Gods itself, the book, I give yeah. a ten out of ten. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Can I have just one more? Yep. Just one more, and okay. then I, then I yeah. I'll leave Terry Pratchett alone. <laughs> so, okay. So this is Good Omens. Okay. Again, one of my all-time favorite books. He wrote this one with Neil Gaiman. It was a nice day. All of the days have been nice. There have been rather more than seven of them so far, and rain hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> Simple but true, you know? You're like, I like it. It's like, 
I think you are drawn into it because you're yeah. like, you know, and, and I like the kind of the, the sentence structure. It's nice and easy. It's approachable. And mm. um, I think it does set up the book mm-hmm. because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's about yeah. heaven and earth and all those sort of things. Um, so I'm giving that, I'm giving that a good nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise you had to rate them. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to flip it with a different example. This is Gone Girl. Okay. When I think of my wife, I always think of her head, the shape of it to begin with. The very first time I saw her, it was the back of the head I saw, and there was something lovely about it, the angles of it, like a shiny, hard corn kernel or, or a reverbed fossil. She had what the Victorians would call a finely shaped head. You could imagine the skull quite easily. Oh, I like that. That's kind of creepy. It's yeah, really creepy. Like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, no, and I thought that it's the tone of it. Yeah. Is, and I think they used that opening in the film as well as being the first, yes, possibly. you know, yeah, yeah. voiceover and scene. Mm-hmm. So, all this rambling. Wait, can I have one more oh. example? One more example. <laughs> one more. Okay, a bad one this time, right? Okay. From Stephen Fry, which I was like, Stephen. <laughs> we this, expect so much better. I expect so much better from you. <laughs> okay, ready? A famed t shirt stopped outside the house where Mozart was born. He looked up at the building, his eyes shone. And close. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know. What book is this? A famed uh, liar. t-shirt. The liar. Yeah. It, a fame. So obviously that's how he's describing the guy. So okay. the guy is called a fame t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so he stopped outside the house where Mozart was born. He looked up at the building and his eyes shone. Okay. Close book. I didn't get to the end of that page. Close book. <laughs> Stephen, so I was hard. disappointed in you. Can I give you one more? Just one more. more. Okay. Last one. Okay. 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 P.D. P. James, Death Comes to Pembury. Right. Okay. okay. This, I think, is outstanding. Right. It was generally agreed by the female residents of Meryton that Mr. and Mrs. Bennett of Longbourn had been fortunate in the disposal and marriage of four of their five daughters. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, you're straight well, back and, into that. And the other one, <laughs> like, obviously the classic, is the truth universally acknowledged that a man in possession of good fortune, fortune must, must be in want of one. And it's so good that I brought that off the top of my head. So, yes, you know. but I think this is a very good, yeah. I feel like you're straight back into that setting. Mm. You're, you know, I feel like she has captured the kind of Jane Austen mm-hmm. way of yeah. thinking, way of phrasing. Things, I love yeah. the disposal in marriage. Yeah. Right, that was excellent. I gave her a steady 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> right, so back, okay. back to, we... to the badness Okay, our own openings okay okay must that, we discuss will we talk about oh we talk films? about film openings <laughs> well I think we both agree on one of the best ones we do yeah and I think I think you should, should, should tell agree. him okay yeah. I'll have to yeah, agree because so. I'm wearing this because <laughs> you've got your Star Wars addict jumper on <laughs> um okay the opening scene of Star Wars A New Hope mm-hmm. yeah is probably agreed to be one of the best awesome opening, opening I still get goosebumps when I see it yeah like yeah. That little ship, and you kind of, you can imagine the first viewing that you're like, oh, there's a little ship, and then you you're in 1977, yeah. yeah, and then Sitting, this massive thing, this. yeah, it goes in, and you're like, whoa, yeah. mind blown. You're, so it sets up the whole the whole thing. So you see this world, and so you know, obviously, this is this is going to take place. It's the start of Star Wars was the writing on the screen. Oh yeah, it is. But it's, oh, it is. Oh right, okay. Sorry. Well, that, I was just being really thick. Okay. Okay. So I was just being really thick. That, that in itself. I thought that was an excellent opening. Okay. There's a little ship being shot at by this massive ship. Yeah. Star and it's that, that thing, the Star Destroyer coming over and you're underneath it. And yeah. it comes from behind you, above you. That, you know, and I, I always just think you see yeah. this little ship and you're like, 
oh, you know, sort, like, good special effects. Yeah, they did a good job. And then this massive thing comes over and you're like, whoa. But anyway. (laughs) Okay, but that's how I feel about Star Wars. Okay. Um, Yeah, I was trying to think of, like, good movie openings as well. And I really didn't do enough homework on that either because I got distracted by... I have two bad ones. Oh, go on. Go for it. Okay. Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. Terrible openings. Both of them. Right. So I have a scandal in Bohemia, um, which I thought was one of his better ones. Okay. (laughs) To Sherlock Holmes, she was always the woman. I have seldom heard him mention her in any other name. Good. Yeah. 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 Interesting enough. Right. In contrast, the Red Headed League. I called upon my friend Mr. Sherlock Holmes one day in autumn last year and found him deep in conversation with a very stout, florid faced elderly gentleman with fiery red hair. Does anybody care? <laughs> no. 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 Terrible. Okay. okay. We need to move on from the fact that Kathy <laughs> oh, excessively I, did her homework. Can I do this one? doesn't work. doesn't work. It's even more <laughs> this terrible. This is the actual last one. Though. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we okay. actually have to talk about our own opening lines. Okay. The five orange pips. When I glance over my notes and records of Sherlock Holmes cases between the years of 1882 and 1890, I am faced with so many which... Present strange, which presents strange and interesting features, that it is no easy matter to know which of them to choose on which to leave. Yeah, I wouldn't read that. It's terrible. <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry. Stop telling us about your archiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, the five pips is one of his better stories. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Okay. Sorry. So the big question <clears throat> is, how do we think our own opening lines would stand up yeah. to this kind of scrutiny? I think mine would tank because my <laughs> opening line <laughs> is a description of the National Museum. And oh, then, it's not no. too bad, actually. And, I, and then, and then there's a joke. Actually, there's a joke. There's a joke. There's a joke. <laughs> there's a joke. Sorry, no, mine is good. Yeah, so I think yours <laughs> is good, actually. Mine is terrible, but whatever, you know. Like. Yeah, well, because I think mine sets up. I describe the museum. Mm. I have a little joke, and then I have just somebody hating it. And yeah. uh, you know, the museum is actually a central part of it. It's, it it's, it's in yeah. Dublin. It's yeah. modern. It does actually set it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No wonder you did your homework. <laughs> We're like all over this. <laughs> 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 what about you, Kate? I'm trying to think. I don't know, honestly, if mine is any good. I've changed it since. Okay, you've read it. Okay. The two of you read yeah. it, and so now it it begins with one word. What is and the word? It's a word that's it's italicized, so it's a thought. A thought. Yeah. And the word is. Traitor. Oh, oh, I do like that. Oh. I do like that. Because actually, that's a lot of your book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay yeah. so maybe... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, like, it's the first line of dialogue, I guess. Okay. The, you know, like... because well, it's a movie, it's different. The opening is yeah. boring as hell. It's just like, here's an office building. Here are some people doing office things. Well, that's just a lead-in, so nobody yeah, else sure. would see that. <clears throat> yeah. I so I really I've really struggled without to start. I've changed the start. Actually, like of all the things to struggle with, it's the start for me that mm. I've struggled with the most. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, very you want a shorthand to tell you who these people are before mm. they set off on it. And originally, I wanted them all to have an argument, so that you <laughs> would be immediately into a boardroom of people arguing, yeah. and like it might be an argument that they've had a million times before, so they're reacting a certain way to each other. Yeah. And then I was like, "That's really confusing," because <laughs> yeah. here I introduced ten characters all in one go. You don't know who anyone is. Mm-hmm. Um. So then I tried to break that up, and then 
introduce a few individual discussions mm-hmm. and have those very like who these people are and what do they want but that's so but what about, what about them approaching the, the argument so generally you have two people who will usually go and they'll probably be on the same side anticipating what mm-hmm. the others are going to say that is where I'm at the moment which is just someone saying like do you think they'll listen to you so I think that's my first line at the okay. moment do okay. you think anyone will listen to you okay you know that's good and uh, like yeah I don't know. Well, it's a good opening because that's yeah. one of your protagonist's biggest problems sure. is that she's got all the answers, but it, she's passed over constantly and yeah. she's not listened to. And people, when they do hear her, don't credit her with saying it. Yeah. Do you know? So, so, so like, yeah. actually, that's not a bad opening. Yeah. Oh, or I even, like, I, I had a thought, you could introduce her and even on the street, like, something that happens to her and then... See, she's I've, never given credit for it. I've really struggled with a lot of like inserting save the cat moments and yeah. all this stuff and then end up taking them out again. And everything has ended up being cut to the quick because sure. like there's too much rambling and too much introduction. Mm. And yeah, no, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I, Whereas mm. I, openings are, I like them. So I have like, I'm, I'm writing my next God book. damn it, I'm happy with my ending. And <laughs> no. I knew my ending from the start. But no, not, see, oh, so I've like, I have, and it was the same with this book. I had written five or six openings if you know what I mean mm-hmm. and my problem is going from the opening to the middle to the end you can't just have a series of openings <laughs> do you know what I mean? so I'm like I write like a couple of paragraphs and then I'm like okay finish that chapter opening you know or else it, chapter two <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean oh, so like that's my difficulty yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah mm. openings are fun and I do you know what I, I the reason I think they're so important is because I really do think that agents and and publishers and people potentially buying the book they ask you for your three chapters they read your synopsis fine they open up your book and they start reading and I think they are waiting looking for an excuse to close it Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they're looking for an excuse to keep going do you know what I mean so that's why I think openings are important Mm -hmm. but but I, 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 there's a contrast though I think you know the one line is different to the whole paragraph is different to the first page you know? and actually a lot of my examples where they were bad um, so for instance the Raymond Chandler one I, I thought the first couple of lines were quite bad mm-hmm. but I think his, his hook is I'm dressed as a detective and mm-hmm. I'm calling on four million I think they're, they're great lines mm-hmm. um, so I gave him the benefit of doubt and I read it the whole way to the end of the paragraph the other openings like for instance I'm reading a book at the moment and I was Christy one um Oh, Elephant Never Forgets. And the first chapter is about um, Mrs. Oliver doing her hair, no. getting in the car, going to a lunch. <laughs> Do you know, I was like, like God, she's three or four yeah. pages of her looking in the mirror. I was no. like, sweet, I, divine. I don't know if I complained about Gorman Gast yet actually on the podcast. but Is I, he or what's so, he? So, I can't remember. He's a contemporary of Tolkien. I think I remember his name because I read those three books and I really want that little time in my life back. Um, <laughs> and it's one of these, it is a foundational fantasy book in the sense that you can, in the same way as you can see the influence of Tolkien through an awful lot of fantasy, mm-hmm. when you read Gormenghast, you can, you know, you can see it elsewhere. I can really see it in Game of Thrones. But the way he writes is infuriating. Okay. Um, like, <clears throat> so we're in a room and how he would describe the room was, he might start with the pattern that's on one of these mats on the table. Oh, no. And he would say something like, the rose petals are beside the green. And he would detail, and he would spiral out from that. right? Oh, and by yeah. the end of the chapter, you realise it's a room with three people sitting in it. Right. Right? Oh. But like, you know, and then on that first um, chapter, on the first Gormagas book, 
you it's an art gallery which you never hear of again <laughs> okay like he has a, and actually there's another writer that has this criticism as well and i can't remember his name off the top of my head but he basically describes nothing unless it is directly related to the crime so for instance he will describe this room and he'll say it was a room and it had three people in it but there was a laptop and it was white, and it had keys, and it had a screen, mm-hmm. and it had this, blah, blah, And it later turns out that the laptop was used to clout somebody over the top of the head, and they're yeah. dead. And that's mm-hmm. the sad thing that happened. Um, whereas, so if you describe something, you instantly, all your radars are going up, oh, this is oh, going to be okay, significant yeah. later on. So it means, like, he's basically revealed a murder weapon in the first yeah. three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. So um, that's bad. Yeah, so you're happy with your opening yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really happy with mine. Yours sounds really good. I'm oh, yes. saying I'm, I'm it's one think, word. So. Yeah, no, but it's Yes, good. but I think it's it sets like it up, though. the essence of yeah, what you're doing. That was the op- change, yeah, because that was the Yeah, I changed it to he, he's thinking through this. Yeah. Before the action and before you see oh. the scene, the ship. Yeah. The, the only tower. thing I would say is that you're best to start with action. So they suggest that you don't have characters think about something as a monologue inside their heads mm. without an action happening. I, though I would say if it's intriguing enough, if it's like, because I think, okay. you know, uh, yeah, I mean. I feel like this is just one of those general suggestions that people yeah. make. And yeah. I think I mean, don't, I it's a guideline say, rather yeah, than a rule. Don't have a whole chapter of thoughts about yeah. that before. No, it's very short. It's not, he's not like going on. Two pages of okay. It's only yeah. a few par- like a paragraph. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things that they tell you. So yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I like, feel this, like I can't. This be start of the Martian is his his thoughts. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a log, but it's his thoughts, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's still quite like, you know, like. You, you, know. you want to know why? Yeah. 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 No. No. You, you yeah. Do. <laughs> yeah. You're straight in. So. So we're at the start of November now, and for a few years. Um, November has been NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. And I'm wondering, are you guys going to do anything for it? going to get sucked into the fervour? Well, I think I, I, do, I plan on doing this. I have a short story that I'd like to write, mm-hmm. and my goal is to have it... Well, there's a bunch of writing competitions that they close... In November, or mm-hmm. you know, at least by the end of November, and yeah, it it just it's setting a goal for me yeah. in a time limit, and so I think if I really put my mind to it, I could probably finish this the short story in about a week. Okay, if Good. if I yeah, if you, you, you sit down and yeah, yeah, write yeah, every day, yeah. kind of thing. I never do anything for now, Rhino, and the reason I don't is because. Um, I just don't have the time in a month to write mm. a novel. Um, I took me four years to write the current <laughs> no. novel, so one month is never going to do it. Um, so I think I, I think the kind of thought process behind Namorino is just you um, sit down at your table and kind of hammer it out. No yeah. editing, no nothing. Yeah. Just write, 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 mm. and just it's almost like free association. Um, yeah. You know, through words, sure. um, and that's just not how I write. Um, so it just the setup of it doesn't suit me, um, so no, I won't be. And okay, I I need a kick up the arse. I okay. need a like I don't really I'm, I feel really at a dead end in that 
<clears throat> I am kind of trying to get back into the editing and then just getting annoyed because I know it's such a big job and I'm not right in the headspace and I have all these notes and I don't know what they're about. Hmm. Um, so I wouldn't <laughs> recommend doing a bit of edit, edit and stopping in the middle of it. Um, and yet at the same time, I probably need to start a new story. Just Why don't you? When is it just start a new yeah. one? And this just clean your palate. Yeah. You know, get, a, get lost in something else and then come back to the I kind of think I need the fun bit of writing again, yeah. which is mm-hmm. the start. So... It depends how things are in terms of work and stuff like that, which might be a bit up in the air. But, I mean, there's no reason why I couldn't, like, even just say I'm going to do an hour a day mm-hmm. would still be a lot more than I'm doing at the moment. Sure. And yeah. I think it would be good to start a new story. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I might kind of to pick the time and yeah. just, just do, do it. And have you, either of you guys done this before? So do you know how it works, like, on screen, if you know what I mean? Um. I haven't done it before, but I've been aware of it for years. And mm-hmm. I think there are a couple of, like... The idea is to just give you a, a, a deadline, right? So yeah. you're supposed to submit so many thousand words, right? Yeah. But no one ever reads it. It doesn't go anywhere. It yeah. doesn't, you know, unless you want it to. And no, yeah. I think the whole point of it was for people who've been talking about writing that novel for years. Yeah. It's like, well, this is the time when you should just get down and get it done. And you yeah. know yourself that sometimes you can vomit out a huge amount of words yeah. in a go. Um, if you just kind of get into the habit of doing it. So while I haven't done it in the past, because historically, the two months of the year that have always been worse to me are August and November. Yeah. So <laughs> it's always something goes wrong. There's yeah. always something crazy in work going on. And, yeah. um, so I, it's never, it's always been a, a time of year that hasn't worked for me at all. But I can't see so the reason this, right now. Um, I, was, I was listening to another podcast, sorry. Um, the Dead Robot Society, <laughs> Society. And uh, one of those guys was saying that um, he has published many, many novels um, and he was just uh, in a rut or something like that. And what he decided to do was um, put, a, put a challenge out there to his various mm. followers and he said, I'm, I'm going to write 2,000 words a day or yeah. something like that. And basically every day he reported on whether or not he had made his yeah. quota. Yeah. And he said it put a huge amount of pressure on yeah, him yeah. because people were basically like, "Did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? Did oh, you know?" God. And uh, you know, and he and like he felt that if he didn't make the two thousand, like he was behind. Yeah. And so he kind of catalogued, which you know he didn't accumulate them. So if he didn't yeah. make his two thousand one day, you start again fresh yeah, the next. Okay. But the pressure of it made him work through whatever was holding him back and he said yeah he basically he threw out all the words that he wrote but they cleared out his kind of yeah you know blockages or whatever. I, I know that that doesn't work for me right okay mm-hmm. I like someone told me when I was in the worst part of my PhD someone told me just try and write one sentence every day and what happens is you write more than one sentence sure yeah and as long as you, like, I, you guys know that every time we've set a goal and we used to set our, go- our goals in our monthly meetings, I would like, to, I would always say something like, I'd like to have started. Yeah. I'd like to have written the first section or I'd like to, and I'd always, and I'd nearly always do more than that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes quite significantly more. Mm-hmm. But so. for me, it's starting is the hardest. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so, but if I said, oh, I'm going to, November, I'm going to write 30,000 words, I would probably write five words. Oh, right, Whereas okay, if I said okay. I'm going to write a thousand words in November, I can yeah. write thirty thousand words. Oh, okay, so it's okay, like okay. just so put the bar low. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I, it, that's what works for me because because I think that when Small goals. failure becomes when failure is really evident, it becomes like just this monkey on your back, yeah. and then you're like, Paralyzing. oh my god, and then I go into avoiding. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. if it's like, yay, all right, like I'm going to try and write a sentence a day. Yeah. Uh, you know, you even and and like there's a point in a PhD where you are mangled, right? Yeah. And you like you can't even 
function. Like, it's just normal human interaction is hard enough. And so that kind of writing a sentence does seem like a big deal. It's mm-hmm. hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and But I think the act of kind of going, like, well, I just have to write one sentence. <laughs> once yes. I get my one it means you're going to start sooner, right? Once I get my one sentence done, I can go home. <laughs> I can spend six hours on the internet. Whereas um, I'm like, I will achieve all goals. One yeah. sentence written. Close laptop and gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done, Cathy. All your work done for today. We're, hey! we're so different. <laughs> I know. Whereas I'm like, if you have to write 2,000 words, then yeah. I'll sit down and write 2,000 words. I might write more, but I will have accomplished my 2,000. Well, my life is just a psychological battle with myself. So, <laughs> you know. Whereas I'm just a Good girl. <laughs> I you do, do all the things, things. I said. Yeah, maybe. All the I could have been a Girl Scout. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh my god, the boxes, the boxes I have to take. So yeah, so you're going to try it, are you? I yeah, I mean it's timely, and I yeah, I need to do something. Okay. Or else I'm going to quit the whole writing thing altogether. <laughs> and you're going to do it good. as well. I'm going to do it. I think. Good. I decided. Well, I'm still editing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I think a good contrast. That. But it, yeah, I just, I think I needed another, just that, the creativity mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. that newness yeah. of another, starting on another yeah. project. Yeah. And this one is a shorter, short, uh-huh. like it's probably between 5,000 to 7,000 mm-hmm. words. Or I'll, if, if it's not, if it's longer, if it's a novel, then hey. <laughs> you're like hey but actually oh god no. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't like a positive hey that was yeah, like a wait, hey, damn wait, it. wait a minute wait a minute my my last one was like almost 900 pages how much oh, is that goodness. in words oh it's over 200,000 and do you know what I struggled 50. I struggled to make every time I got to 80,000 words I mm. ended up cutting 10 or 20 so mm-hmm. I must have hit 80,000 words like several times and I never made it past it. I think I made it to 84 at one stage. I was like, yes! But no, yeah. never, no. So it's amazing. Well done, you. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's close to, maybe close to 300,000 words. Wow. I don't know. Well, yeah, I could, I could know exactly. So next time, <laughs> next yeah. time, yeah. Okay. exactly okay. how many okay. words that is. So I, I think this is probably an opportune time to engage with our listeners <laughs> and ask them to tell us who's doing yeah. NaNoWriMo, because we know there are some of you out there, um, <laughs> and you aren't all our mothers. Um, so yeah, why don't you tweet us or Facebook us or email us even and tell us how you're getting on and maybe we can develop a little bit of community around it because yeah. obviously like I'll be failing from day one <laughs> and uh, I'd like other people to fail with me <laughs> uh, compare notes on positivity <laughs> and try to drown out some of the negativity I'm feeling very positive now but talk to me in about a week yeah what we'll do is we can touch base with how we're going on maybe halfway through yeah okay and uh, yeah um run away and join the circus together or something like that. You that know, sounds good. Like, I can juggle. That's a juggle girl. I could never. <laughs> oh, God, Cathy. How are you not dead? I don't know. I'm annoying myself right now, so I don't know how somebody else hasn't just, like, fucking pushed me off a cliff, to be honest. <laughs> it's amazing that I went to see the Clifton Mowers and returned. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so let's, um, yeah, let's... Be amazing and rub it in Kathy's face. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets you through. We'll tell you how it goes. Yeah, okay, expect a lot of crying. Um, all right. So, yeah, I think we'll leave it there. Um, so, thanks for listening. Um, you can 
find us on Twitter at Irish Writers Pod, and you can tell us your favorite openings. Um, uh, you can find us on Facebook or Irish Writers Podcast there. We have our website, which is irishwriterspodcast.com, and you can email us, irishwriterspodcast at gmail.com. So uh, until next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.